The Boundless Pursuit Podcast is proudly sponsored by Built Wild DNA. Fuel your day on the water in a constructive and healthy way. Energy and fitness supplements designed with the outdoorsman in mind. Get your physicality in line with your mentality and maximize your time on the water. Use promo code BOUNDLESSPURSUIT for 10% off of your next order at BuiltWildDNA.com. Welcome to Boundless Pursuit, a weekly podcast providing motivation, entertainment, and education to anglers and outdoorsmen. I hope that the stories you'll find here will encourage you to chase your passion more fervently, to open your mind to new opportunities and perspectives. Your engagement and feedback is critical to the growth of this show, and I would love to hear your suggestions on topics or potential guests. You can reach me at boundlesspursuitfishing at gmail.com or at my website, www.boundless-pursuit.com. That's where you'll find all related articles, media, and merchandise. Please remember, the show will gain traction from your support. Be sure to like, comment, and share this podcast to your friends and connections. I'm your host, David Graham. Now let's get on to today's episode. Today, I'm excited to be joined by two guys that I've been watching for the last year, and they're on a rapid climb. Dylan and Blaine of Coastal Worldwide have their roots in land-based shark fishing, and these guys are no strangers to monster fish. And they've tackled everything from monster duskies, bull sharks, hammers, and tigers. Operating a business in which they're guiding clients to land-based sharks and documenting the experience on their YouTube channel. And recently, the guys made a major splash when they brought in the first great white shark ever landed from shore in the state of Alabama. Now, Dylan and Blaine's operation has primarily been around the Gulf Coast of Florida, but in recent times, they've expanded their range beyond that area, launching expeditions as far as Alaska for land-based halibut and even into the freshwater realm for things like white sturgeon, carp, muskie, and more. And as Coastal Worldwide has continued to evolve and grow, they're also getting off the sand altogether, putting together these awesome videos, popping and jigging offshore for tuna, swordfish, amberjacks, and other pelagic species. And these guys make a hell of a team, blending their strengths in communication, creative videography, a business mindset, and the willingness to grind out those tough conditions. Sometimes you see guys on a come up and you just know that their success is inevitable. This is Dylan and Blaine of Coastal Worldwide. There we go. Don't clam up. up. Don't get scared. Everybody freak out. Everybody freak out. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right, guys. The timing couldn't be better. (laughs) I got the Coastal Worldwide guys here. Finally. It's like I wanted to do this a while back, but it's like I was kind of told by your boy Jacob and by Spencer, the timing's not right. What the the hell is that supposed to mean? So I think think the timing is right now. But uh, Dylan and Blaine, what's going on, guys? Uh, where are y'all at? Y'all, y'all are in like what? Are you, where are you, where are y'all at? Like the creative laboratory? Yeah, the man this cave. Is like, uh, like Dexter's laboratory. I don't know. This is where all the magic happens. So. It's, it's it's the bachelor pad for the guy that ain't a bachelor anymore. That's yeah. true, man. I got kicked out of the bachelor pad, so I, I got. Know. I got. <laughs> say, yeah, well, congratulations. Before you know it, there'll be like there'll be like flowers back there in the background, and that <laughs> all your space will be overtaken and taken away from you, but. Yep. Yeah. No. Guard it with your life. You know what That's I mean? right. <laughs> Start putting bows out. 
But anyway, I'm guessing that's where y'all do like, I don't know. I'm guessing that's where you do all the uh, video editing and all that stuff. Is this, is this like, is this like the spot? Yeah, man. This is where most of our video, all of our videos have come out of where our podcasts go, where our audio sessions in house. So this is where all the late nights end up being right here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. I don't see any like fist holes in the wall. So no, you business. Uh, yeah, <laughs> well, you're not wearing you're not wearing a cast, so one way or another, yeah. we're good. But uh, that's, right. that's good. It seems like business is good. I've really enjoyed watching like the growth. Um, I've been kind of on the sidelines watching. You know, like fan the the fan sitting on the side watching. Um, and you know, I'd seen previous projects. I see the new stuff. The come yeah, up right. is coming. The come up is coming like hot and heavy. Um. And, you know, I, and I've had your guy, like we just mentioned, I had Spencer on, I had Jacob on and, yeah. uh, and, and now, and now I got the guys behind coastal worldwide. So I guess let's start there. Let's, let's start with this kind of this new venture you're on. Cause you've like embarked on a path that I think like a lot of people want to do, but it's like, I mean, it's a scary thing. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're trying to make fishing you know, a sustainable source of income, a career. So tell me, like, I don't know, man, I go all the way back to, like, how y'all came together, you two individually, how the business plan even, like, started to grow, like, how, how this thing was seeded. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Blaine, Blaine and I met, easiest uh, starting point would be I hired him on with the old business in january of 2021 mm -hmm. right yeah started as a hire on just uh basically like boots on ground type of thing like running trips so he's a he's an assistant on trips he's meant to just carry gear learn as much as he can run baits when he's told to run baits do what you're told to do kind of thing um and then pretty fast growth of a friendship and a pretty fast growth of like blaine catching on uh, Blaine's 20 years old. He's pretty sharp between the years, especially when it comes to fishing. Um, and so he quickly, even the old business, grew himself to uh, to be a pretty major part to like helping make a lot right. of things work. And, and these yeah. are these are land based shark fishing trips primarily, especially back in like 2021 and the in the in the early stages of this thing. Yeah, right? man. Yep. So that was yeah. That was the that's kind of our bread and butter now too, as far as like charter trips go. You know, the only thing we offer is yeah, it's land based shark fishing. So on the service providing side, I'd say there's a there's a divide here. When um, we do the services where we we're hands on with clients and customers, and those clients and customers are yeah, they're they're booking shark fishing trips straight from the beach, no boats, no seasick. Bring the whole crew and family, and you know that's uh it's fun for sure. And then that's kind of where you know you've talked to Jake, and that's what Jake's doing now is he's on. He's on the ground running trips and stuff like that. And so uh, that's what Blaine started out as. And then we, uh, you know, without without dwelling on the past, I guess, there's uh, some old stuff that happened with the old business and basically just legal problems. And it got in this whole, you know, we, we what we do now is really straightforward. It, it's like super complicated. I'm sure if you walk into our life, just like if we walk into your life for a little while, you'd see the intricate ins and outs. And it's like, oh, my gosh, dude, how do you do this? You know, but the basis yeah. is we want to fish. Mm -hmm. Love fishing, and uh, the old thing ended up getting twisted into to money, power, lawyers, all this stuff. And it was just like, at some point after 14 months, it was like, this is stupid. This is just dumb. So we uh, basically gave everything up, 
and said, we're going to start brand new. Start brand new on February 14th of this year. Hence Coastal Worldwide. That's why there's a different name, different everything yep, now. Yep, so. Different, different everything. Same faces, but different everything. So. I like yeah, I man. like I like the rebranding and the different name because it's almost like it it opens is uh, uh it opens it up to where it doesn't seem pigeonholed to a certain like I don't know yeah. you're you're not like stuck on a certain coast or a certain yeah. like region but but like you go back when you say that you hired Blaine like I get real curious about that because I'm I'm so ignorant with this sort of thing I know that the relationship must have happened like organically but i'm sitting here and i envision like blaine i don't imagine you got on indeed.com and searched <laughs> no shark, shark fishing jobs and you uploaded your resume <laughs> so like, yeah, did- i mean i was i, I was basically just a fanboy at that point like, <laughs> yeah. I watched YouTube channels and like everything like that and then i i saw that he had put out applications you know and i and he his his hiring process at the time was like a real job hiring process. I mean, cover letter, resume, every like recommendations by other people, like all of the above. And you know that's what I did, and eventually got the job, and I'm still here today. So <laughs> yeah, well, that's cool. that's pretty cool because I'm wondering like, oh well, where was like the job posting at? Was it like broadcast on Facebook? But it's it's probably more. Your I guess if there's a little bit more structure to it, you're probably more likely to get more serious people to get involved. Cause uh, there's a lot, there's so many dreamers out there. Like people who yeah. like, who, who they say, I want to get paid to do this. And you're like, that's cool. Like, so, but what are you going to do? Like, what is your yeah. plan? I'm yep. just going to, I'm just going to like take pictures of big fish. I'm like, okay. But like, like, are you selling something? Are you offering a service? Are you like marketing a product? Like, what are you doing? To make income. Uh, But then I guess so like on your side, Dylan, I guess you almost had to play the position of like recruiter, like a job recruiter. Like what, like what tangibles or intangibles are you looking for, for somebody that's going to assist in shark fishing? I mean, how can you, there's not really a resume for that other than like somebody's footprint on social media. What, what, like, how do you test it? What's the job? What was the interview process? Get yeah, in that this, kayak, get in that kayak and this, <laughs> paddle, out, paddle over those a, breakers. He's a perfect example of like kind <laughs> of like what it would be and what we're expecting. Because I think what most people think, and that was the hard part, the first time we put out uh, like feelers for applicants, we had 218 kids apply. Jeez. And it was just like, you think like, you know, and we probably weeded though, we weeded down to 40, I want to say 58 kids immediately with um one simple thing i said when you send in your thing you have to send in a cover letter and you have to send in a resume and only 58 kids put a put a cover letter on there and so i was like okay if i'm gonna i care so much about this business and we were like trying to do it we were doing very professionally you can actually make really good money working shark trips with us mm-hmm. and uh, there's a whole you know physical side behind it that might wear you down so it may not be a long-term solution but it is good money and uh, we do we do charge very nice for these trips because we do give a professional side. And so the people that I'm going to bring on can't just you can't be enough to know how to shark fish. That uh, it's almost less important than like a lot of other things. And so the easiest one was cover letter. You don't have a cover letter, you're gone. I don't even reply to the email. So like Blaine here, cover letter, resume, read through it, sounded great. Emailed them back. I said, hey, um, was it like two days from now at eleven o'clock in the morning? I need you to reply with these three 
like an answer for these three questions. And it was like, what's your favorite cereal? What's your favorite quote from the office? And like, <laughs> I don't know, what's yeah. your biggest fish you ever caught or something like that. And then out of those 58 kids, I think like 10 replied on time, on time. They paid attention. Uh, they were checking their emails. So like, boom, you got like 218 kids down to like 15, like yeah. immediately gone. <laughs> and if you can't, if you want to work like Blaine, wanted to work so bad at this job that I knew that, you know what I'm saying? You got to earn it. So like without even having to, Talk to a single kid on the phone through email. I can just weed through all those kids, bang, gone. And then with the 10 left, um, we got the replies back. And then I started calling. I started. I called every single reference on, an, on, a, on a resume. Called his dad. I call, I think I called your brother. Mm-hmm. Um, I called Dom, a guy who works for us from that same year that I hired. I called his soccer coach. But I think these guys <laughs> thought they were going to call him, you know. So I called yeah. his resume. And I was just like, I was like, you know. If you if you didn't have like you know a relationship with Blaine, do you think you'd you know still want to talk to the street? Like I was just like grilling these because I was like I need to know exactly who those kids are before I even talk to them. Yeah. And then we <laughs> grilled them, and then we grilled them on the open fish weekend. Basically, we took the guys out the higher on process. There was only two kids left that made it out of the ten once I went through the on the phone interview and in person interviews, and uh, they ended up getting the job. But man, we just. We grilled them on the beach. I tried to get them to quit. You know, I just like came yeah, yeah. Down here. It was like it was like a PG version of like college hazing. Yeah. I'm about to say it's like it's, it, there's got to be like a, a a system in place for hazing the rookie. Yeah, that's that yeah. fortitude. But that's yeah, that's funny. Earn yeah, dude, I mean, if I can break you, if I can break you in three days, three months of this working sixty days straight, sometimes mm. I can't have you quit. You know, like I can't have yeah. you quit. So if you can't make it in three days, and it's that it wasn't gonna work anyways. So Blaine, like, what is your background in like what what experience were you even carrying into it? Were you already shark fishing at the time? Are you from uh, Florida? Like, are you pretty well versed with a kayak in the sand or like? No. So as far as beach fishing went, I had no clue what I was doing. I mean, I uh, I've been in a kayak before, but I mean, I didn't pop no fish or even surf fish. All of my fishing background was either on the pond in my neighborhood or going out. <laughs> Like going offshore doing tuna fishing and stuff like that. You know, I had I had no experience off the beach. Yeah. That's where my thing comes in is when I hire kids, it's can you stay off your phone? Can you show up on time and are you a good person? I can teach I can teach you how to shark fish. If you're not a fish, I can teach you how to shark fish. And that's not hard, you know. Yeah. Perfect example is Jake. You know, yeah, like, Jake's you know Jake. Never Jake's yeah, yeah. never saltwater fished in his life. And it's just that Jake is a good person at heart. And you can't teach someone that you can teach someone to try to fish. I can't teach someone to be a good guy. Yeah. I think if somebody has that like push to like grind it out on any type of fishing, maybe like that's an intangible to build off of. It's sort of like, I don't know. Like I look at that the same way. Like I I'm a people manager professionally in, in what I do right. in my line of work. So I'm in this constant state of training, new hires, training new people. And it's funny. Like you get to a point point, you're like initially, it's you you feel like it's more convenient to get somebody to come on board to operate a machine or operate whatever that already has the experience like that's what you think like oh i wish i could just get somebody that already knows what they're doing and then like a lot of times that's actually more of a pain in the ass because they're 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 not willing to learn they're not willing to like get in get on your program like they 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 already they already know it you know what i mean so they're not teachable they're not trainable and so I've gotten to a point now where it's like I prefer people that like have basic intangibles, like a good attitude, an ability to grind, like a fast pace. And then I can yeah. I, I can mold and develop that like in a way that's gonna meet like my vision for a team. So maybe like Blaine, that's probably better. I I, I think Dylan, if I was in your position, 
I had to probably, it's like a longer term investment in the new hire, but ultimately yeah. it's like, at least you can build them up to, to be more in line with like your vision for fishing and things yeah, like that. 100%, so. David, yeah, 100%. But that's cool. So then on top of that, it's like, I think I, I tried to touch on this a little bit with Jacob and he's, he's such an awesome guy. I was actually a little bit bummed when I learned he was moving away from Idaho because I'm like, damn it. Cause I like, I wanted to make that Idaho trip. I'm like, now, now who am I going to go with? Yeah, but then, who am I, uh, going with? I know. <laughs> but, um, at the same time, I'm so curious in like shark fishing as a business or shark fishing, like land-based shark fishing guiding. And, uh, so I can I think I wanted to ask him a lot of questions that maybe he was still a little bit new in doing, but yeah. the nature of that is fascinating to me. So like you're taking people who have what level of experience and even doing that it's like you you gotta like i guess it goes beyond like hey we want to put this person on a big fish it has to be entertaining i imagine it has to be educational it also has yep. to be safe so i guess like you running this business like what is your what is like uh i don't know like what is your vision for the perfect trip for a client like what are you trying to provide this person other than just obviously a good time yeah, uh, we've got one tomorrow um, with a non-repeat client. So it's always when you get, uh, you've been in the business long enough, you get a lot of repeats. And so when you get the opportunity to meet someone brand new, it's kind of neat because you get a, like you said, you get a chance to make an impression with somebody. And how we basically would sell these trips is it's an experience like nothing else, right? Like it's completely unique. One, it's from the beach. Two, you can see a thousand pound fish. So it's probably bigger than anything you're going to catch in a boat. Yeah. Like, but it's also from the beach. No one's getting seasick. You can bring your kids. You can take them up to the condo if they get tired. If mom wants to come but she doesn't like fishing, she can come sit. Then she can go to bed at 9 o'clock and dad and son can stay. There. Like whatever the dynamic is. And so, yeah, it's like tomorrow night we're going to set up. Um, the big thing is service. So what we charge and kind of the all-inclusive deal that we do in a private charter is meant to be catering very highly to our clients. So we bring zero-gravity chairs we get there two or three hours early to make sure we kind of get in there and elbow out a spot. We set up our gear. We don't run bait or anything like that, but we get a, we get a spot set up. And then when they get there, the idea is already have bait set except for one. That way we can show them the leader and the bait. And this is, you know, check this guy's out. But we already are fishing by the time they're there. Uh, and then we put the last bait out so they get to see the kayaking frog. You guys are going on the ocean. That's so crazy, you know. Well, yeah. that's terrible. That's so crazy for out there. So you're, you're kind of giving them experience. And then, you know, um, you know, I'm from Kansas City, so when I visited down here, I did a charter. I went down to South Florida and did a cruise, and we went to wherever it is to do some snorkeling excursion. One of my favorite parts that, like, always stuck with me as a kid, I never really remembered much about snorkeling, but I always remember the guy on the boat who was just, like, making funny jokes and, like, just being, you know, he and, uh, like, thinking back on it, the dude probably says it 100 times a day. But something I, ba I, I bang in these guys' heads is, you know, you get, I, we call it an elevator speech, and obviously we don't tell the clients that because it's something we say all the time, but... You know, you get done, you get the bait set, and then you get this, you know, you're 30 minutes into the trip already, you get an elevator speech of, you know, thanks guys coming out so much, you know, welcome to the, you know, the blah, 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 the craziest experience you're ever going to see on the beach, you know, this yeah. side of the Mississippi, you know, and then you, you go into the details, this is what we're looking for, the bite, this is, you know, they might swim in with it, they might swim out with it, the reels click, the reels don't click, the lights at night are for this, um, this is what we're expecting to see, this is what we've been catching, this is the baits that we're using, this is why, um, you know, we're really excited about uh, the slack tide tonight, you know, and so we kind of start talking to them and that gets the conversation, just kind of like how you start a podcast, right? You get it for yeah, a little yeah. bit and then, um, you know, the people kind of get their questions out and that'll do about an hour or so. 
Um, and so what we do is, as far as planning a trip goes is we can't control the sharks. Obviously, you know that. Um, if you think about it hard enough, everybody knows it. But I think a lot of people don't. You know, you get so excited sometimes that you're just like, shark, shark, sharks. I got it. We're going to catch sharks. We're going to catch it, you know. And so how I tell these guys to structure the trips, too, is basically anticipate zero sharks all night. Get ready for there to be six hours of sitting and doing nothing. So yeah. you have to be ready. You have to time these things out. So. We get through our talk. We show the kids the baits. You know, it's still light. So um, we bring the football and uh, volleyball. We throw, we throw it to the kids. So the kids go yeah. crazy. You know, <laughs> and they go crazy. And that's a good time to sit down with mom and dad or whoever's kind of the, the adults of the trip. You know, we talk about, you know, what do you guys do for work? Where are you guys from? And then we just kind of, you know, yeah, you know, last night the bites came at, you know, whatever it was, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock. We got two last night before, sunrise, before sundown. So we were super excited. Um, and you kind of get to know them, too. Um, and then we kind of play with the kids for a little while. And then at night we do a, like a crab hunting tournament sometimes. So we'll put a tape out like the shark tape. We go find sand crabs with the kids who split the teams. It's this whole, like, well, we'll be like, mom, dad, you guys are the judges. We're going to bring them back. The judge has to approve the measurement. You know, so we'll do it like real official, you know, same thing. People come from all over the country. You guys are from Ohio tonight for a crab tournament on the beach. You know, it's the craziest thing ever. So we'll make it this kind of experience. And then, at any time, you know, the shark rock could go off, and that's obviously, like, the priority, so we kept whatever we're doing. But we try to have this thing where it's all night. We're not just sitting there going. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> it can get super awkward. And then and then the more, like, if you paid for this trip and you're sitting there and, like, we kind of talk for a little while, and then it just gets, like, awkward. And then you're like, it's been three hours, which in your mind, my mind, his mind, we all know if you have three hours left of a trip, there's plenty of time. Dude, there's, like – there's so much time. It's not, I'm not even worried. I'm not sweating at all, but then they might be like halfway through this trip and I haven't caught anything. So it's already happened in one half. It can definitely happen in another half. So then client, sometimes we'll have clients start spiral. They'll be like, should we just go? Should we just, and I'm like, there's two hours left. What are you talking right. about? We're good. You know? We're good. So there's, it's definitely important during the trip to just kind of keep be checking more, off. Keep I'd be more going. curious if it was like, I don't know if you do it. Like we offer a six hour trip. We offer like uh, a 10 hour trip. We offer a a three-hour trip i'd be yeah. more curious if if somebody hooks the big fish on a six-hour trip an hour like you know with 10 minutes until the end you know well, time's up stick the line yeah we go, like <laughs> and too late it's like nope. <laughs> yep, yep, sorry there's a surcharge for that that's <laughs> right this will be prorated on your trip yeah <laughs> let me just nah. loosen that drag a little bit like yeah. <laughs> this I'm, I'm curious though, like the people that come in, you know, you, you mentioned they're of such a varied level of experience. I imagine you have people that have never even seen a shark. Do you get people that come in that are pretty experienced? And then I wonder like how, how engaged in the process are they, or is it pretty much like you're doing everything and they essentially don't do anything until they get strapped into the rod. Like what if somebody says, can I paddle that bait out? Ooh, absolutely not. Okay. Yeah, there's no way. Insurance. So we do have a like pretty hefty yep. insurance fine for that. And there's a whole step procedure to where, you know, they can't they can't like get in the kayak even like on the beach most of the time. We can't put them in the kayak. We can't there's a whole like they can't handle the shark at all during the process, you know. Mm -hmm. There's a there's kind of a certain like dehooking things and whatever. But yeah, I mean we get you kind of gauge the clients and you can kind of get a good idea off the phone call what they're looking for. And that and sometimes I'll even ask, like, hey, are you guys like wanting to learn? Or and so we'll get people that are all the way like shark fishermen that just want to get better. They want to know how we rig baits. And I'll tell people like we book trips um for those guys too, that I don't I don't 
hide a secret. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah, if yeah. you're booking privileges, you come out. Like, it's not, and I don't hide a secret on social media either. You know, we put a lot of things out there, but it's tough to, like, get everything. Get everything. Yeah. But in six hours, I can get, like, I'll just sit there and spill. I'll just be like, dude, bring a notepad. I'll just tell you. Like, I don't care. Like, I, I'm not, there's some people that shark fish that are real, like, territorial. Like, I want to, you don't be here and you can't do this. And I'm just like, dude, go. Like, this is so much fun. Go, go, go. Because we got a bunch of stuff we can do too. There's, I feel fun. like I feel like that's a style of fishing too. It's like it's not really comparable to going to like the stream down the street to where it's like if you I mean, let it's this, not competitive. Yeah, really. like you could give me right now all of the equipment, all of the gear, like fully paid, like paid in full, and say this is exactly where to go. I I I'm like kind of shitting on myself here, but I'm like <laughs> I I'd probably still fail. It's not like that. It's like it's one of those things where like it doesn't matter if you have everything. There's still you know, there's, yeah, I don't think it's, I don't think it's one of those things that anybody can go out and do. You really can't do it alone. It's just like, there's too much that there's too much involved in it, but uh, yeah. it's good. Cause I was curious, like your safety protocol. Cause I know like that's always, always the interesting side of it to me where it's like, man, like first and foremost, you got to keep the client safe. That's going to be probably for some people, that's like the most important thing. Like yeah. if, I, if I feel like you're not, you don't have my, my best interest at hand, like, like on that side of yeah. thing, that's, that's, uh, that's no good, but you know, it's, it's funny you describe, cause I know that that's a big part of it. Like the communication with the person between bites is like, that's when you're, you know, it's got to stay engaged. And it's like, I always go back to this one experience that I had. I haven't done a lot of trips with, with guides, but I've been All on right. a few. And I remember <laughs> I went on one years ago with my, my, I was in town with one of my brothers. I got two older brothers yeah. and, um, my, my brother wanted to pay for a trip for all of us to go out with this catfishing guide on the Santee Cooper. I'm like, hell, we can go do that without a guide. We don't need this guy, but we, you know, we did it anyway. Whatever. <laughs> and this guy was, he was interesting. He was a nice guy, but like, he was doing some strange stuff to try to like entertain us. Like this guy, he kept, he kept going. Like <laughs> we're like we're it was like very awkward. He's like he kept going yeah. he kept going here kitty 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 meow like meow oh, like no. and like we weren't really laughing like we, I don't know like, <laughs> like, like there's no engagement and like it came out of nowhere like what the hell was that like like this guy's gonna like pull out a ball of yarn and start batting it around the bottom of the yeah. boat. <laughs> Maybe pull out a litter box and shit in it right in front of us. Like why is he acting like a cat? But, oh uh, god. I think, well, you know what? He's trying. He's trying to keep us entertained, but that is a skill in and of itself. I know, like, you gotta me, read your client too. You don't, you don't, man. I, You're it, if I don't, if I don't have something in common with somebody, it's so we, it's so funny how I even do this podcast. Like, it's so, it's easy for me because y'all are fishermen. Yeah. Dude, you put me in an environment with people I don't have anything in common with. I struggle. Like, I can't do it. I can't. I burn out quick. Like if I can't get yeah. on the same wavelength as somebody, I just sort of like I clam up. I become awkward and silent. I just don't, I don't speak. Like my, my wife can't take me anywhere. Oh, like I just goodness. I just I just make such a bad impression. She's like, oh, everybody here thinks you're antisocial. I'm like, I, I don't like these people. That's I don't know what anything about, about it. Talking about. But, uh, <sighs> so that's a skill in and of itself. So on top of being good at fishing. You got to be just a good people person. You got to keep folks engaged in the process. I'm sure you're doing a lot of it at night. I mean, I would be worried about the people falling asleep. Like, yeah, you know, they day. just yeah. they just paid you money to take a nap. But yeah, uh, no, most people are pretty awake for the most time. We don't have too many people knock out 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, speaking on the client side too, we have we have people all the way to that have literally never fished in their life, like never caught a fish, and yeah. their first yeah. fish is a shark. So yeah, I mean, I would if you you got to vary like their experience with with you know if they just want to come and catch a fish. Like if you came out with us, I would put you in the harness. I'd probably give you a spotter from behind, which means there's like a loop in the back that you can hold. So you're good on line lay. You're good at that. Some people who have fished, but maybe not done that kind of fishing, so they're not good at the line lay stuff. We'll put a spotter in the front, which means the rods over the shoulder, they're still in the harness, so they get to feel the weight of the fish on their legs and stuff like that. But we're line guiding for them. And then if you've never really caught a fish, you don't really have much fishing experience, we leave them in like an aluminum spike that's locked in, and they just literally just right yeah. And we're standing in front, we're line guiding, and it's fun for sure, but, you know, you just, it's like, you catch a fish that way, or you don't catch one at all because you can't like you know you can't fight in the harness if you never fished yeah. before. So yeah, because we've done that for sure. We yeah. put some people in the harness where it should not have been. Yeah. that's a good thing. Horrible. That's a that's a good kind of like topic. You're talking about like strapping into a device. Like you you are strapping into the rod because the nature that like the the size and caliber of the fish that you're encountering dictate and and require you to do that so i guess like yeah. where where y'all fish where are you anyway like you're up on the panhandle of florida somewhere yeah pensacola yeah and, pensacola area. and in that region like what like i don't know man like when y'all paddle out of bait and you drop it what like what different species of sharks are you likely to encounter there i mean i guess it's a lot of different ones but like yeah. just walk me through some of the different kinds of sharks that could potentially pick that bait up yeah, I mean, mainly it's the it's the time of year too. So yeah, like wintertime species yeah. totally different than summertime species. But the majority, you know, charter wise that we're running charters, it's it's in the summertime. You know, summer everybody's coming down, and you know your summertime species are your black tips, your bull sharks, your tigers, your hammers. You know, all all of the kind of I would say the majority of the well known sharks. So yeah. you know, we put someone. In the wintertime, wintertime, we're catching sandbar sharks, dusky sharks for the most parts, and, you know, the occasional, you know, great white and mako shark. Yeah. But summertime, it's mainly, like, someone sees a tiger shark, and there, it's no doubt in their mind that that's a tiger shark right there. And I think that's what a lot of people enjoy, too, because you put a sandbar yeah. in front of someone, they're going to think it's a bull shark yeah, 90% of the time. Yeah. Now, are there, like, a certain, like, you know, there's, like, levels and there's, like, I don't know. Is there like a, are there certain sharks you would consider like the beginner level species? I mean, you really can't control what's going to pick the bait up anyway. No. Yeah. An ideal, uh, ideal client sharks are bull sharks and sandbars for sure. Yeah. They don't throw down super hard. The fight's fun enough. It's heavy, but they don't like, it's not dangerous at any point. Like, you know, hammer is fun. You just got to pay more attention, but it can rip you off your toes if you're not paying attention. You know, mm -hmm. tiger shark can pull really heavy drag, but then like, Black tips are like such crackheads that they're not ideal either as much because they're so flippy and you know they can they can tear you up kind of deal. So bull sharks are, and sandbars are kind of lethargic and easy to handle. And mm -hmm. they're bull sharks especially. You can get pictures of them legally with with clients, so we can stop. We can take a good picture, take care of the shark. They can get to touch it, look at it, handle it. We can pop the jaw, look at the teeth real quick, pull the hook out, and bang, put it back in the water. And it's this whole encompassing experience versus. A hammer's like, hope you guys enjoyed the fight. This thing's going out in 30 seconds. Like, it's like, boom, 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 gone. Hope you got a picture. <laughs> and, yeah, and the people don't get, like, crazy, like, no, I got to get a picture with it. Like, or you pretty much lay down the law and say, listen, if if, if one of these comes yeah. to the beach, you know, this is the way it's going to be. Like, I'm, I imagine yeah, you probably let them. 
we have an idea when we hook it and when the run is. And if, if we def- – a hammer is super easy to tell for the most part, like screaming runs. So if we know during the fight, it's like, hey, just so you guys know um, who's going to be taking pictures, who wants to be kind of in and around the shark. Okay, because so, we're going to get this thing out. You know, even if we think it's a tiger, we got to get this thing out pretty quick. It's going to stay in the water. So anybody who wants to get a picture with it, you guys can get pictures with the shark while we're de-hooking the tiger shark. But stay by the tail, and you got to get in the water with it. So if you're not ready, if you don't have your, have your shoes on, you're going to miss it. So, like, we'll talk about it through the fight. If it's a hammer, it's like, hey, no one get in the water. This is going to be crazy. Best thing you guys can do, everybody grab your phones. Snap pictures. Snap somebody. pictures, watch, look, take video, whatever you want to do. But this experience is going to be gone and over before you have time to process yeah. what you're looking at. And that's, and, like, non-negotiable for and, sure. And why is that? Like, what? why do you have to move so fast with that fish? Like what uh, hammers really hammers are really just strictly just because they actually die quick. Like they're, mm-hmm. they have a high mortality rate upon catching. Um, it's a lactic acid buildup because they fight so hard and it tends to like lead to increased fight time. But there's also like a whole Florida legality side where you have to, you know, there's certain species that are protected. So it's a non-delay release like lemons, tigers, hammers, uh, sandbar sharks are on that list for some reason. Dusty sharks are on that list um nurse sharks are on that list mm-hmm. so there's a there's a handful that you don't you can't delay the release it means no stopping for pictures and stuff like that yeah. so no tail rope yeah no picture no stage pictures so like it, like he was saying a tiger shark comes yeah. in while we're de-hooking at the mouth you know they can jump in behind the tail and get their pictures and then you know the fish is back out without delaying the release yeah, because that fish won't die like tigers don't die easy you keep them in the water you take care of them now if you did the same thing with a hammer it, it might not make it. Yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be really yeah. efficient. Well, when I look at y'all's photos and I see something that is like twelve feet long, I'm thinking like there's so many like measures of control that have to be taken with an animal like that. Like, does everybody pretty much know? Yeah. Like, I'll be on the tail. I'll be the leader guy. I'll be the one with the bolt cutters. I'll be doing this. Like, have y'all already established that from the get go, or does it spiral into chaos? Like one person shouting orders, like this person doesn't know if he's on the tail or he doesn't know he's on the head or do you pretty yeah, much like, dude, I, I, I imagine you're experienced enough now that you may know, but like, yeah, I would just think if you, a, the adrenaline can put blinders on you and, and make you sort of like lose the train of thought. I would think. Yeah. Now with, I mean, especially as me and Dylan on a crew, yeah. it's kind of like an, an unsaid thing. Like, if, if he's with the clients on the rod, I already have bolt cutters in my hand and the hooker in my hand before yeah. the shark even touches the beach, you know? Yeah. Well, no, now we've got it down for sure. That's, I think, a big thing for guys who shark fish who are in crews or they fish with three or four other people or even just another guy. Um, like you said, that's the number one thing I see that doesn't that, – that is the reason that it's not an efficient crew. And I think that's the biggest thing when I hire guys on it. You have to be efficient. You have to look, uh, even if you're on a, on a trip, like being on a trip, it's nice for your clients to go, man, those guys, yeah. those guys were good. That was slick. That was clean. But even if not, you know, you want to be like, I gave Jake probably five sharks around the 10-foot range before I started being really hard on him. Because it is. Like okay. you said, the blinders go on. His first hammer he dealt with, it was like, you know, it's crazy. And he wasn't really, mm-hmm. really being helpful. Um, which is fine. Blaine and I had it. And then we came back, we watched the video and he's like, look, this is, you know, when this thing, look, look at you, you stood there for 10 seconds and watch us. What are you doing? That's 10 seconds. Like, that's a big yeah. deal. You should have been doing this, you know? And it, it's not like, I was just like walking through it. I was like, dude, I totally get it. Then the second, third or fourth one. And by the fifth one, it's like, all right, you should be good now. 
Like I'm not, yeah. I'm not going to tell you what to do because I'm just going to handle it by myself. And that's from pissed at you. Like I'm just, I expect a higher level from my guys and Jake for the shark fishing stuff. Are you like, are you, you know, communicating these expectations to these guys like from the get go? Cause that's the other thing I'm thinking yeah. like, I'm thinking like Blaine, if I'm in your shoes, like, man, I know how I get, if I see a, a, a four foot fish, a 10 pound bass, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, I lose all composure. I'm like legendary for like, if I get like a fish of a lifetime, my knees start shaking. I don't remember my name. I forget how to tie my <laughs> shoes. I turn the rod upside down, start reeling backwards. I don't know what the <laughs> hell is happening. But that can become dangerous when the fish is that size. So it's like for you, I guess, I mean, Blaine, at what point did you get to a point where like, I mean, did you, did you have to fight through that? Like where it was like, oh shit, like this is, this is really happening. Like I'm supposed to know what I'm doing. Like, yeah, how to- that, uh, as far as me being on charters, it was, it was a known thing before, you know, Dylan turned me loose to handle sharks with clients and stuff. But yeah, the first time that I was ever on the beach, you know, dusky sharks are prohibited and, um, Someone had landed a dusky shark, and I saw like Dylan flying by me with bolt cutters already, and like D hooker, and I'm just like, uh, uh. <laughs> I don't, I, I didn't know what to do. I mean, granted, it was my first time, but you know, after seeing that, I kind of knew the expectations from them. Yeah. Blaine yeah. was also a notoriously known guy for getting ridiculously hyped for sharks. Like, yeah. oh yeah, his first yeah. summer, dude. My man was just like, he'd had this, like, it was like a section, like a segmented thing where it's like, okay, get the shark in. Yeah, awesome. The fight's great. And then it was like, all right, leader time. Basically, like, it's serious time. Don't piss Dylan off. Like, we got to make sure the shark gets in and out. So it's in and out and it's clean. And as soon as it would go, this dude was like a freaking firework, right? Yeah. <laughs> like throwing water. Yeah, I don't know what you would prefer. Like, I would, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> It's either you got somebody that freezes up like deer in the headlights and, and is inanimate, just paralyzed yeah. with like, like, you know, some people did just turn into a stone when like the adrenaline hits like, oh, oh they just don't move. Yeah. Or it's all action, no fear, no like, but I don't know. I don't know what's better or what's yeah, worse. Because if it, from the higher on perspective, it's got to be, you got to be, you got to work well under pressure kind of thing. It's got to, it's got to happen. Yeah. So. What's y'all take on so many, so many unique roles, I guess. in like in what you're doing as a job with the sharks, because it's like you become like a steward and like a spokesperson for the species. And as you know, yeah. it's like, it's one of those fish that is like, maybe it's the fish more so than any other fish that has like a, I don't want to say like superstitions. What's, what's the word I'm thinking? You know, there's this idea of what a shark is, you know, it's just like yeah. more so than any other oh, fish yeah, on the planet. Oh, People associate a shark, a shark with, you know, something that eats people. Or there's the other side of it where it's so beloved that people are like, oh, you shouldn't be doing that here. And you shouldn't be doing that. So it's like you have this like social responsibility to behave in a certain way and to, I don't know, like do it a certain way. But what's interesting about y'all is that like I know you've gotten really into the video side of things and capturing all of it through video. And it's like, you know, you're, you're like, the videos are just, the videos are awesome. Like that's a whole other world. It's a skill set I just don't have, but I'm curious, like what came first? Like, were you already guiding? Then you incorporated the video as a means to like market the trips or were you videoing first? Then start like what, what came first with as far as the video goes, the YouTube channel, things like that. 
So we started running trips first. So we offered trips and kind of the business model um, from like meeting number one, um, when I came up with the name and sat with my old business partner and we did all this stuff was um, we'll start a social media and like an Instagram page eventually. And I said, I want to do YouTube videos. And the guy was kind of like, ah, I don't want to do that. He was in high school at the time. So he was like, I don't want to kids make fun of me in high school or whatever, blah, blah, blah. So we just didn't end up doing it first. And then we, we weren't booking trips when we started. And I was like, look, dude, we got to start making videos. Like we got to do something because also what was happening was the calls I would get where people would call me when, it, when we first started, no one knew ex- who we are. There wasn't a lot of people even doing this in general. And uh, I would have to sell it on the phone. So you've got to sell something that people haven't really heard of. Land-based shark fishing is you know unheard of to most tourists in the location. So I'm answering the phone going, yeah, dude, it's super fun. Um, we go out, we set everything up for you guys. You know, We're catching sharks from four foot to 16 foot. Well, well, do you guarantee a shark? Well, I can't guarantee a shark you know, because we're set up in one area. So we're really just like, it's up to the sharks to move through or not move through, you know. He's like, well, do you, you know, do you catch a lot? Yeah, we actually do. We catch pretty often. At least every night we see one or two sharks, you know. It's pretty common, you know. It's, it is uncommon to get skunked, but it does happen, you know. And they're like, ah, well, um, you know, we'll, I'll call you back, you know. And it was like, okay, he's not going to call him back. Cool. And then if it, that was the YouTube thing was, I guess we got to start filming these trips and going out and getting film of this. So when someone calls, I'm just going to say, tell you what. I'm not going to really, I don't want to send you the trip too hard. I'm just going to send you this YouTube video. Um, if you guys like it, book it. If not, no big deal. But they, I'll just kind of walk you guys you have to see what it is. And then you, should, you send them a video of a 12 foot tiger shark. And they're like, oh, I'm yeah. freaking in. Like, that's crazy. I'm in, you know? And so that was the biggest deal. And then we just kind of started hitting, like, it was rewarding in a sense. And then we started hitting really big milestone numbers pretty quick. And I was like, all right, we're making, we're making money off this thing now. Um, we're able to, it's booking trips for us. Um, COVID year was a big year. Once the beaches opened, it took off like wildfire. And so we saw like in 2020, we saw like 17 tiger sharks over 10 foot in the span of three months. Like it was just like, so our videos were just performing really well and it gave us opportunities to expand to new fisheries and stuff like that. So that was cool. And uh, yeah, that's where it started. It was, it was kind of uh charters first video second, yeah. but it was poor well, marketing. That's that's almost a no-brainer, especially in today's day and age. Like, if you don't, you're gonna get left behind because everybody else will. It's like, and then it's like, you know, if I'm the customer, I need some sort of proof of concept or some kind of like, I need to yeah. see photos. I want to see, I, you know, I want to see photos. I want to see uh, people's reviews that have gone. And then, like, if you can, if you can show photos and you can show good reviews and you can show video and you can show all this stuff. I don't know, man. It's like, it's such an essential marketing tool, but it's also kind of like grown from there to a point that like, I mean, has it gotten to a point now where that's actually, not only is it a good marketing tool, it, it in and of itself has become an additional like revenue stream. Are you at a point now, like is, has the YouTube begun to earn money yet? Or is that like a goal? Yeah. Yeah. So YouTube earns money and Facebook earns money. And yeah, they're, they're definitely uh, getting close to being self-sustaining like streams of revenue for sure. Um, YouTube's a little bit behind Facebook. Facebook's like our Facebook popped off like 45,000 our YouTube's just like 2000. So YouTube makes like a a little bit of money and Facebook makes pretty good money right now. Um, and then, yeah, the idea now is the trips have to be self-selling of a sort, you know, like when someone calls, um, because we have multiple guys listed on the number now, so it might ring Blaine or I's phone. Um, so when someone calls it, I don't want to like, I don't want to get to a point where 
because I'm a salesperson at heart. I can sell you just about anything, but I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to sell someone a trip and kind of like convince them to go. Because if you don't want to go already based on the things that I can send you and see, then it's not a good idea for you to yeah. go to the beach. Because if you don't catch or you catch one and you're disappointed, then it's like, you made me do this. And it's like, nope, you're going to decide the trips are going to sell themselves kind of thing, you know? And so that's what they do now for sure. All right. And so now you're at a position now where like, are you like running these trips yourself or are you getting to a point like where this is growing to where you have like, do you have more faces maybe behind the scenes right now that are running? Like, is there somebody out there right now running a trip? Like, how do you have, <laughs> like, do you have more, uh, I don't know. I, I say employees, I guess that's the right term for it. Like you have more guys. Independent contractor. Yeah. Do you, so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You got more guys doing that for you right now towards like freeing you up and allowing you to step back and like work the projects behind the scenes. Like you get like more time to work on that stuff. I mean, is that the, the yeah. end game or the goal or like where yeah, are you at so there? There's guys too. Yeah. We, we got a couple of guys who work for us now. We got another guy's coming here mid June. Um, and the, the, the idea, at least the premise for this year is we have guys that we call them crew number one. Um, so in years past, Blaine and I would be crew number one. So we would basically, Work most trips, we would give any single bookings that were like five or six days in a row to the second crew. And then the second crew would mainly work double up trips. Um, but now we've kind of transitioned to a different priority um, under the new regime. And uh, we're focusing really high on content and really high on getting out there and getting a diverse like YouTube channel, a diverse Facebook, a diverse Instagram um, kind of showcasing because we're able to, we're really lucky here. We're able to catch sharks. We can catch a hammerhead one day. Go out the next day, catch a yellowfin tuna, and then come in, smack a swordfish, and then go catch pompano from the beach, and then slide in and get redfish. Like we can do that in four days and have an epic video of each one. But um, you know, we want to take advantage of it. And the summertime is really busy for shark fishing chargers, but it's also a really hot time to go out and smack swords, um, smack wahoo. You know, get get some just unreal content right here in our backyard. Let alone the stuff we want to do, travel to the Keys. We want to travel to Australia. We got plans to go like different places, and so. Yeah. Um, you can't leave money on the table. And so that's kind of why we hire guys on to be 1099 contracted. Um, and that's what, yeah, they, they just kind of cover trips as their crew. Number one, Blaine and I are the backup crew for now. And probably next summer we'll hire two crews on. And then Blaine and I will be the triple booked crew. And our main priority will be filming content. And then we'll let those guys make money. Um, it makes the business entity money. So we're able to like travel and stuff like that. Um, and the guys get to make some, they get to make some money, man. They make some boo-goo books for summertime stuff. It's sick for a college kid. College guy yeah. wants to fish and uh, wants to get paid cash, man. Just go crazy. Man, that's like that's where I like every time I hear these things, I like I have to like try to not think back of like my days of being in college. Like I think <laughs> of some of the jobs that I had in like my summer jobs. Like I, I mean, I worked in like a coal, like a coal plant in one of my jobs in the summer. Shoveling <laughs> shoveling coal slinging sledgehammers and clearing coal out of trains like just oh, gosh, just, just labor intensive stuff and yeah. i like make a little bit of money i'm like i'm rich and just yeah. blow just blow it all <laughs> uh, Who's going? <laughs> i just it's just it was never even on like the radar to like try to make money fishing and i'm like maybe like i guess it just passed me by but i was like it's awesome that you're providing first and foremost young guys opportunities to do that, you know, because you never know. Some of them could go off and do things and some of them, it could end up becoming a permanent relationship. Um, I, I mean, yeah. at the very least, it's such a powerful way to like network and like plant roots. And now you got 
connections here, connections there. It's, it's freaking awesome. But y'all done a couple of like y'all made some big waves with some of your moments with your videos. Like the, what I love, like it's it's so smart to like always kind of have the camera ready or always be videoing because you know I I couldn't have this conversation without touching on like the shock waves you sent through. I guess the shark fishing world when you pulled in the freaking great white shark in Alabama. Yeah. And I know you've had to tell this story before, but I want oh, you to no. tell it. I want you to tell it, tell it again, because it's like, I mean, there's, there's like, there's all inspiring fish out there of varying degrees, but it's like the great white shark is like, is like the lion of the ocean. It's like, there's the king of the jungle and there's like the king of the beast on land. And then like, as far as fish goes, there's like, that's the one, like, like that's the fish. And so I, yeah. I can't even, I can't even imagine being in proximity to one of these things in a cage diving scenario, just <laughs> watching one swim by much less physically touching one. So it's like, run me through how, how all of that transpired like that, that experience. Yeah, dude. I mean, from the start, I can't tell you much. I was, I was in the kayak kayaking a separate rod um i had dropped it was on the way back when i heard the reel go off so blaine's on the beach kind of solo with with uh with some family friends you know and he's he was he was the one that saw it yeah yeah so it was just on the beach dylan was in the kayak going to drop for another bait and a typical typical night just hanging out on the beach with with um some family friends and you know the rod goes off and it, it doesn't you know blow up at first it just does like a quick like run and then kind of like a little slack and then like a little run again. And then all of a sudden it's just like a freaking train, which just starts exploding the reel. And I'm just sitting there and it's like dusty shark. Okay. Okay. Maybe. Dusky shark, or maybe just um, sometimes like tigers in the like winter. Uh, yeah. <laughs> some uh, tiger sharks in like the 11 foot range for some reason, like to, Throw down. Just like to throw down really hard. So, and it's March, so I'm not thinking a pelagic species necessarily because the water was a little bit warmer. It's like over. Yeah. By March, it's normally over. Yeah. That's like typically our time where it's like no one's going to catch another great white or a mako or anything like that. So, I'm not even, that's not even in my mind is that it could have been a great white. But, you know, I set hook and it's like crank, 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 and it's not, it's just, slow pull 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 and then just starts consistently taking line like not super fast but it's just yeah could care less about what was going on it was just still swimming at the same exact pace yeah it was a pretty wild experience and then you know dylan gets back in the (laughs) kayak uh gets back from the kayak and you know we fight that fish for 30 something like 42 minutes for like the time it picked up the bait from the time we let it go or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. And then we got it in, and you know we noticed that it was tail wrapped. It was tail wrapped. So you know, absolute doom is we were just like, oh my gosh, yeah. oh my gosh, oh my gosh. But so, at some point during the fight, he had flipped over, and he, sharks have this um, like catatonic state that they go in when they're flipped over. Mm-hmm. And they, basically, they just go to sleep and they kind of like shut down. Surgeon, surgeon do it as well. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, same same thing. So you know, dragging him backwards, fortunately, did not kill him. But you know, it was it was just a fear that went through our minds. And you know, I get down to the tail to start unwrapping it and just flip him over, and then that's when he just comes to life and just starts. I mean, the the sheer power that those fish have specifically is unmatched to anything. You know, a hammerhead, he's fast whipping his tail, and you know, like that might throw you around, but like 
just how he was not even thrashing. He was just slow moving his tail in, in the sand and in the yeah. water. And it was just like, Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's like if someone slapped you, it's like a hammer head. If he like took a palm and just slapped the piss out of you. And then like a great white would just like pick you up and throw you like, yeah. like, yeah. Effortless. Yeah. that's what it felt like. You know, and if you, I, I don't, I don't know if we included it in the video or not, but I don't. Yeah, you when, I, yeah. when I run down there, and I just, you know, I never dealt with a great white before, and or and they're actually really docile fish when you get your hands off. But at first, I was running down there, and he, I just screamed, "He's gonna toss somebody!" Like toss like, you around, thinking that he's just gonna throw <laughs> me around like a rag doll. But I mean, yeah. he, <laughs> you know, he was he was really healthy when he came in, fortunately, and. Actually, a really docile fish to handle. At, it was, it was really nice. at what point? Because it was it nighttime. Like, was it dark? It was like four like a.m. Oh yeah. Okay. So, like, at what point did you like? Did it register, or did you like pr- know what you had? I mean, was it like not until it was like right in front yeah, of you? As or? soon as we saw it, yeah. As soon as we saw it, it came in upside down backwards, and I couldn't tell what it was once I grabbed the leader. It just was like a giant mass of white from the underside. And then as soon as Blaine flipped it over, it was like, that's a white shark. We started freaking out. I said at some point in the video, like midway through the fight, because it was fighting like it was it was tail wrapped. Like we could tell mm-hmm. it was the sharks will move east or west, they'll move down or up down the beach. And uh, he wasn't. He was coming like directly in line with the way we hooked him, which means he's coming straight in line. Like a, a shark can't come straight in the whole way unless it's slack, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I was like. It's a it's a tail wrap tiger. It's a foul hooked mako. Was the only thing I could guess. Like a really late season foul hooked mako. And then yeah, once we once we get our put our hands on it, Lane was super fast on getting that thing undone. And I think he was in and out in like sixty four seconds or something like that. It was as fast as we do because it was like sick to to like realize that it was a white, and then the panic set in that like like you said like talked about earlier like the beloved sharks like that's the beloved shark. And so yeah. I was like, dude. We got to get this thing out. And like talking with Spencer and stuff like that, because Spencer sees a lot of like juvenile size whites and, and Cali, he was like, toughest fish in the world, can't kill them. Like, you just can't, like, the pulling them backwards or like the, you know, they're not as near as touchy as any other shark out there. They're one of the toughest fish. And mm-hmm. so he, he released perfect. Um, and it was surreal for sure. There was like the moment where Blaine kind of got him back in and I was still like with the camera and I was shaking. I was just like, get him back, get him back, get him back. And he was like, I'm trying to get a good video, making sure that Blaine can release the fish by himself. And he's walking it down the beach and he kind of picks up the tail and we can see it like kicking. And, you know, we didn't know, like, I didn't know. I talked to Spencer after the fact um, that they were such a tough fish. I was just like, please like make sure this fish is good. If you watch the release the whole time saying, come on, baby, get out, come on, get out, go on, please, please go, please go. You know, the whole, probably annoyingly. And uh, yeah, once we saw him kick, that's when it started to set in. It was like, okay, the fish is fine. This is crazy. Like, just my mind was telling myself, like, soak this in, like, soak this in, soak this in, soak this in. And then watching him, like, come up to the surface, and he just cruised. And, I mean, you couldn't see it in the camera for very much longer, but we could – I felt like I could watch that clip forever in my mind of him just, like, leaving off into the sunset. And as long as my eyes could, like, see into the black, he just stayed on the surface and went forever. And I was yeah. just like, <laughs> that's freaking crazy. And then you stop, and it was, like, zero mile an hour wind, zero waves like a lake and i was just like holy crap that was it's almost happy. like it's almost like eerie or like spooky but yeah. uh I so like less, dude. <laughs> oh yeah yeah that's crazy but um so I mean, obviously i followed that one quite a bit you know it's like we mentioned spencer we mentioned him a couple of times and obviously he's had some experience catching them and yeah. even guys in his like circle 
and, yep. and some, some of his buddies have caught him. I mean, it's not, you know, maybe it's a, I wouldn't say commonplace, but it happens over there in like California. So what was so significant about like this one in particular? Like what, what was, was the significance? Uh, yeah, it was the first um, ever recorded great white shark from the beach in Alabama. So. Did y'all know that like at the time that it had never been done or did like somebody yeah, no notify say, you? I say it like immediately, like in the audio session, like knowing the shark fishing population goes right down the road to Pensacola. Um, and there's a limited way that you can even shark fish in Alabama. Fort Morgan's pretty open, which is farther down to the West. Um, but in like Orange Beach, the city, the only way you can shark fish from the beach is one, you have to have access to a private condo. So you have to have access to a condo. You can't do this to public accesses. And then two, you have to do it in a manner that's creating a safe environment. You know what I mean? Which basically means set up like after everyone's gone and then be gone. So like most people won't even put the effort in. And then the people yeah. who do put the effort in who know what they're doing are going to be in Alabama. Or if you put the effort in to stay up late, you probably just don't know what you're doing because there's easier, like literally like, Seven minutes down the road, you can be in Florida, and then you can do whatever the heck you want. You just have to follow the release procedures, you know. And so, I immediately, as soon as we released it, I was telling, I was telling our family friends, I was just like, "This is one hundred percent the first ever great white that has ever hit the beach in Alabama." Like, period. State of history, history of state. And then we actually got confirmation of. Uh, we talked on the phone with the guy from Shark Week, who does a lot of this research behind Shark Week and stuff like that, and he does a lot of the great white stuff. And uh, he did. He was able to ID that shark um, off the tail. We're supposed to be able. We're still waiting to talk to him about the name. So we're going to get to name that, sh ah, that that's shark. That's awesome. Have it in the database. Yeah. And uh, he was like, "Yeah, definitely, one hundred percent." As long as many colleagues as I know, never great white. He was like the closest recorded great white because he because he had something on it, and he was just like the closest recorded great white was there was a diver like seven years ago. Yeah. That was like 10 miles offshore and saw one on a reef. Yeah. And that was the closest like record of them being on shore. So that was, cool. the, that cool. was the next thing I was going to ask is like, I know that that's one of those ones that like, I was like, surely y'all got like contacted by one of these like ocean groups. I don't even know what to call yeah. these people. Like this. it's like one of those fish. that's like so tracked and like, like observed. I was like, Oh man, they had to have been like called by somebody. That's crazy. So you would get to name the fish. I, you know, it's funny. Like, that's like one of my things I like dream of doing, like somehow catching yeah. a, a new discovered fish and like everybody else that gets those opportunities, gives them some very meaningful name. I was like, I'd name it the David fish. Yeah. I'd name it something stupid. Like the kiss my ass bag. <laughs> like ah, now everybody's got to say it. Uh, yeah, that's funny. What what name do you have in mind? Like, are, would you mix like Dylan and Blaine? I don't know. The Blillin Shark. We still don't know. We're waiting for the call. <laughs> we need to yeah. get on it, but you better. I gotta have a name ready. But anyway. I know. I know. Well, we gotta wait for that guy to call us back. We'll have one ready. Name it after an ex girlfriend. There great, you go. Great white <laughs> shark. <laughs> eater. <laughs> the eater of man. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's hilarious that'd be fitting but um yeah that story is like man i gotta ask about that that's freaking crazy yeah it's cool to man. be like that's to cool, be man. like you know i don't know not that that's important but it's like it's, a, it's a crazy to be in a place as an angler to be the first person to do anything because it's like you talk about hey, like a sport yeah, yeah you talk about a, a a sport a pastime a passion in the outdoors that's the biggest outdoor i don't know uh pastime on planet earth 
So for you to be like the first person to do anything in fishing is like no easy, especially with a giant fish. You know, you yeah, might be the first. Crazy, you Weird might be the stuff. first person to catch some obscure minnow species, but yeah, whatever. to be the first person to do that's freaking freaking nuts. What it would be be interesting to me is like if it was one of those like tagged fish, or you know how they like have the uh, what do you call it? yeah, where it's like. You know, you can track the fish. That'd be kind of neat to be able to search, track. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that would have been uh, interesting for sure. We wouldn't have to name it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's the most important part, though. You got to name the damn <laughs> fish. But... No, it didn't have any tag in it. Yeah, it had no tag, so. Well, that's freaking cool. But, you know, what I like seeing about y'all now is is you're starting to kind of step out of the shark thing a little bit. It's, you know, when you think about shark fishing, it's like, I love it. And it's like one of those things I love to watch and, like, I'm very interested in. I've had a lot of shark guys come on the podcast already, and I want to get even more of them. But uh, well, yeah. the, ones, the ones that are willing to do it, you know, it's like one of those weird unities of, like, darkness and secrecy. But, um you're wading through the middle of it. <laughs> yeah. But um but you're starting to get to a point where like it, it's it's also like well how many ways can you paddle a bait out and drop it in in you know drop it in the water. So like how many different ways can you put a spin on on that? But you're starting yeah. to you're starting to expand the brand to be encompassing different like different niches of fishing. I know you've done the sturgeon thing. In fact, Blaine, I think the first time i ever saw you the first photo i ever saw of you was one with you with a sturgeon with um with uh jacob when did you meet him because i'm like i feel like it might have even been the first time i saw jacob's page was a photo of you with a sturgeon um yeah so 21. august august or september september of 21 we all went up there and made um, made a trip to idaho to see Jake, you know, we talked to him back and forth on Instagram and stuff. And he was basically, basically like he said he was going to be down in the keys with one of um, Spencer's really good friends. And he was just saying that, you know, I can fly up to y'all's area after the keys. I fish there and then y'all come up and fish here. Trade trips. Those are basically a trade trips. And, you know, of course, when we heard about going to catch surge and we were it, it was that was a no-brainer we had to go do that i was yeah. weary that was weird i'm not gonna lie i was like are you sure he was like guaranteed you spend four days here i'll put you on a sturgeon like one of you i don't know how good the bite's gonna be and i was like you can guarantee i was like bro i don't i don't care how many yeah. days you stay here i can't guarantee you a shark because it's a freaking ocean you know it could be the slowest five days of the year and you could just get like, <laughs> yeah you know he he came and he came and caught charge for sure but like yeah our sturgeon trip was lights yeah, out we ended up hitting seven yeah seven total sturgeon it was unreal yeah that was cool that it's was interesting because cool. like the sturgeon are probably the closest thing to a shark that you could have possibly gone like in fresh water it's like it's like the closest yeah uh, it's like a river shark creek shark but uh it's also cool because like, it speaks to the way that i feel like social media and like social networking should be utilized like or like yeah. real like authentic relationship building to the point that like two guys can eat like benefit from each other mutually some of the best trips that i've ever been on started as dudes that i met on instagram and then we went and did trips together so that's that's freaking awesome that you're doing that and that's like i think it's like hard to do because you don't know what people's intentions are every time they message you you know what i mean you have no way to know but um but it's cool and then like so i've seen that you you, i know y'all done the sturgeon thing now you're starting to do more like offshore stuff. Is that just fishing that you're doing for yourselves? I can't really, I admit, I didn't ascertain if you yourself are starting to run these trips, but I'm seeing you like fishing by these like oil rigs or something for 
like yellowfin or something like that. And now you're yeah. doing this like slow jigging stuff. Is are these mm-hmm. just trips that you're doing for fun, or are y'all actually running trips for like are y'all running trips for that? Yeah, no, no charter trips on the boat. Yeah, so everything there is organic, just fishing, filming. Um, and that's kind of like earlier I said there's like a divide. There's like a shark fishing charter side. That's where like services come from. And then there's like an online social media revenue um, that come from the second side of the business, which is why we're hiring guys on. Um, so Blaine and I can go and we take – it's me and Blaine and a, and a camera guy, and we take a camera guy with us in there. It's it's We don't even go – I don't think we go fishing anymore. Without a camera, like there's actually zero way. Last time. Yeah. there's zero way to do it because it's it's especially when you go out to blue water like that and you're doing a yellowfin to a fishing video or a trip, you know you have no idea you could run into a blue marlin that 800 pounds he comes to the boat and like licks mm-hmm. your prop like who knows you know what I mean like you have no idea what could happen out there, um and so yeah we're we're like doing slow pitch jigging which is a weird style like without going super in depth to it it's just something that was put on our radar it's something that guys have been doing here for nine years um and we just have a good buddy who got heavy into it and basically the converse i think the general sentence for it would be playing just like screw it like let's do it like it's completely new you catch a giant grouper it's tiny gear jigs the japanese style it moves the jig in a certain way blah 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 and it's just like it's completely new it's right in our backyard and we yeah. can catch 30 pound grouper on it like let's just freaking do it let's do it let's get really good at it and then let's find a new thing like that's kind of the like sword we're right in the middle of sword fishing too like doing it trying to get really good at it and then doing a new thing so eventually in 10 years 15 20 years we have kids um not only do we have this you know, fishing resume, it's really cool, but we have tools at our, like, at our belts at all times that we can go say, okay, the weather's good, let's go catch freaking tuna, and we mm-hmm. have done it for so long, and we've been able to be around guys and fortunate enough to learn from those people for sword fishing, jigging, grouper, you know, stick baiting, popping, shark fishing, traveling, whatever it is that, like, you know, if we have kids, or we have people who come that are just like, you know, we've, we've done really well for ourselves, and we've got an offshore boat that you show up at the house, and we're just like, dude, come on, we're going to do whatever you want to do. Yeah. You want redfish? We know exactly how to do it. You want to do swordfish one day? We know how to do it. You want to do slow pitching? We know how to do it. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. the idea. I want to become a all-encompassing angler for our for our area. And you, the only way to do it is go suffer. And so we're suffering yeah. right now, slow pitch jigging and sword fishing. <laughs> it's it's uh, the videos that we put out recently of the slow pitch jigging. That's on um, guy a different boat. YouTuber's boat, and you know. It's not really suffering when you're with him because, you know, yeah. it's a really nice boat. You yeah. go with the stud, dude. He, he's been a guy that's really been doing the slow pitching for a while, so he's got his grouper spots kind of dialed in. And then he doesn't um, go. It's yeah. going to be the real challenge slow pitching-wise is going to be when me and Dylan get out in our boat yeah. and go try to find, like, go scout for a grouper spot. Oh, yeah. So I think that's where the real challenge is going to come oh, from. Oh, that would be awesome. Well, at least you have, like, somebody to sort of, like, show you the ropes beforehand. It's not totally, Definitely. like, a shot in the dark. But, you know, my Achilles heel, like, I watch those trips, and I get so, like, excited about potentially going and doing that. But then I remember, I, I like, I cannot go offshore. I get horribly oh, no. seasick. I'm like, it's so pathetic. I'm like, you I got to find like, a balance of medicine. You it's find so bad. I've gone a few times and I've been terribly seasick every time. I put the patch behind my ear. I've taken all kinds of medicines. I'm like, what am I Can't doing wrong? The hell is wrong with me? Like, there's yeah. like, I, I think of these trips on like a global scale of things that I would love to go do, like chasing a dog tooth tuna or 
popping in French Polynesia and like all these amazing yeah. trips. I'm like, then, but then I re remember it. Well, unfortunately, I'd be the bitch on the back of the boat puking, and everybody's making fun of. I'm like, I can't, I can't be that guy. I can't, can't let it happen. Can't to do me. it. Y'all's y'all's fishery is so awesome though. It's like it's a very dynamic area. And like you're in proximity to so much awesome stuff. The swordfish always interests me because like I look at like the the fish that y'all pull up from the deep water, and it's like they get the like their eyes bug out. They get like I don't know the pressure does that stuff. Aren't swordfish one of those ones where like they can go from like a thousand feet of water all the way to the top, and it's like they're fine with it. It's yeah. like you wonder like what the mechanism is that they have. Well, I, maybe y'all don't wonder. Maybe you know, but I'm like, why can they do it and every other fish can't? Yeah, I knew I knew at one point when we started really getting into the sword fishing thing, I, I can't count they don't have swim bladders or something like that. Yeah. yeah, they don't have swim bladders and then bladders. there's some sort of like they have a really um efficient like temperature regulation They're the same. gland in their okay. bodies. Yeah, same regime as Mako's. It's a body regulation too, like the yeah. temperature regulation. So yeah, they can come up. We've had a, like a two hundred sixty-five pound swordfish come up from fourteen hundred feet roll on the surface and then go all the way back down to 1400 feet oh. and not care but it's that'll, weird that'll it toy weird. with your that that'll toy with your emotions it's like you get a glimmer of hope and it's right back oh yeah. Right. yeah yeah man, yeah this is off all the way down there yeah <laughs> it is uh it's cool it's cool for sure but yeah that, i think blaine mentioned it and brought up a really good topic is i guess knowing a niche as far as the youtube side doing videos and trying to do new like fishing niches especially just in our area very specific targets um, it's not done in our minds until we've perfected it in our own boat. Yeah. So we have a little 22-foot boat. We've done tuna fishing, sword fishing, slope and jigging on everybody else's boat. But like tuna fishing now, we've had really good trips in his boat. We can go do it in a 22-foot sea pro, and we catch up on tuna. All right, boom, check. We've caught a few swordfish, too, in his boat. Not checked. Like mm -hmm. not done. We're not good at it. It's a theory thing that we're working on. And then slope and jigging, we haven't even really tried hardcore in his boat yet. So... We've done it, but it doesn't mean like like you said, you've gone on a few guided trips. As far as I'm concerned, those videos we do with Bo are guided trips. We go on yeah. his spot and it's cool to do videos of. It's super awesome to share with people, but it's not like us. You know what I mean? It's not we don't catch those fish. We just put the jig down on his place. You know, the guy driving the boat is the guy who's catching the fish, kind of thing. So Yeah. <laughs> well, like I keep trying to like urge uh Jacob too on the side. I'm like, man, dude, y'all have like an alligator gar scene too in like the Mobile Bay and its tributaries. I'm like, I'd be yeah. I'd be I'd be trying to crack that code. Like, so it's like y'all have all this like you have a, a cool inshore scene or near shore scene. You've got a phenomenal right. offshore scene, but then like behind you, there's some some unique freshwater stuff too. And like I don't know anybody that's really like Maybe they're just too, too, maybe they're too few and far between, but I know that there's spots where there's alligator gar in that area that people aren't, they haven't cracked the code on. And then they're even in Florida, but it's like, I don't, I think that's like a gray area. I don't know if you're supposed to like, I don't know how that one works. I don't know if you're, I don't, either. <laughs> I don't know if you're, I don't know if you're allowed to like target them or it's just one of those ones where if you do catch it, you got to like immediately it let it go. But the mobile bay area i mean there's huge ones in there giant oh, like yeah. gigantic ones. monsters but i always think of that and i keep telling jacob my like, man i want to come up there and like do like a week looking for alligator guard but then i think like i have such limited time with my job i'm like nah, yeah I, I come up there and get skunked i gotta think of other things to do but yeah we gotta make sure it's a little closer than sheer shot yeah yeah well but well and even speaking on that you've 
now you've been doing maybe I'm thinking it's more of a far-fetched thing than perhaps it really is. But I saw one of your more recent videos. Maybe it was the most recent video that you put out with going all the way. I mean, you couldn't have gone any further in like the continental Literally. US. You yeah. went all the way as far as you could to the opposite end of the country, the continent, to Alaska. Like and did and like you fished for a species that's already hard to find normal in a boat and you just decided to take that and make it even more difficult and do it land based tell me yeah. about tell me about i don't know man the, the whole process of putting together a, a trip from the planning to the research to like like to, to even getting gear there to go embark on this trip to try to catch a halibut land-based like I watched that. I'm like, that is badass. Like, that's something I would, I would really, really like to do. I watched that trip. I was yeah, like, that is again. awesome. Tell me about that trip. Yeah, Alaska was sick. Uh, I mean, first before we even start getting into Alaska, we've got to tip a hat for sure to to Spencer Wonder because he came with that trip and he was kind of the the wheelhouse and research and legs behind that trip. We got invited pretty late. Um, basically, Spencer was just like, hey. I need two bodies to come on this trip, and I'd also be super sick if you guys filmed. And I was just like, "All right, we're in." What like, how do we sign up? So we flew basically. The, the trip in itself was itinerary was fly to California, stop in Washington, Oregon, drive from Washington, Washington all the way up to Alaska, and then Alaska to Montana, and then Montana to New Mexico, and then New Mexico back to California, and then fly home. And it was supposed to be two and a half weeks. So in two and a half weeks, we put 12,500 miles on the yeah. truck. It was, yeah, it was awful. So you talk about get, how do you get the year gear? Fly. Next time, if you want to go to Alaska, my guy, fly. Do not drive a freaking truck from uh, from Cali because that was horrible. But the, uh, yeah, the, a lot of the research, a lot of the legwork was done by Spencer. Um, a lot of the, he brought leaders, rigs. He, he kind of had a theory and a thing like that. And uh, we were just kind of, like helping as best we could. Like, you know, we didn't, we were, like I said, late into the trip. So we didn't help as much as I'd like to. Um, but I know Spencer did a lot of research, basically finding guys in the area um, from Facebook, social media forums that were doing things. And basically his pitch on the halibut stuff specifically was there's guys that surface halibut that are like 10 pound halibut, but every once in a while they get spooled. So I think we can go and catch the thing that they're getting spooled on mm. and we just need to go and pattern it down and spend days. So we spent like four days, three days, four days, mm -hmm. something like that, patterning it down. And it was like the first two or three days was horrible. Like it was the, the location was off. The weather was off. Um, the, the tide swings are 40 foot. So the current that runs, like you get yeah. two high tides a day and two low tides a day. So it basically is like a high tide. That's like medium high, low tide. And then a high, high tide. And so the the swing, the current between those two swings are on 100% unfishable. You cannot put a bait out. It will not work. It will not happen. It doesn't matter what kind of boat anchor you have. Yeah. Because there's also a bunch of junk that flows through. So yeah. it'll catch up on your line and kelp and all this random crap that you don't even think of. So once we get figured out that you fish every slack, you fish the high tide slack, low tide slack, high tide slack, low tide slack. And like you four times a day, you get to put baits in. Then we started popping out of it. And uh, that video of Blaine's comes out Sunday, but Blaine ended up popping one that was probably right at the 100-pound mark from, from Lane, and it was unreal, freaking sick. So How does, how does something like that, because the body mechanics of those fish is interesting. Like, <laughs> How do they fight? Like, Is it like a stingray, or is it like do, do they turn sideways and start swimming 
normal once they're hooked or are they staying on the bottom? Like, I look yeah, at those so things I'm like. Every time that we saw them come in, they were sideways. Yeah, they were so, turned up. Yeah, like I think we thought mine was a shark at first. Like I they think got this weird, weird little shark, shark species up there, and we thought it was a shark. That was like something that we anticipated as bycatch. So we we're like, oh, cool, like a little shark, and then yeah. it turned flat, and then we were like, oh my gosh, freaking you huge, know, yeah. huge halibut. <laughs> but as far as the fight goes, um. I don't really like if they fight hard i i would think so but i mean i i caught mine on like my shark reel yeah you know my my 80 my 80 narrow avid so yeah if, we want to go back and do it on if you're using gear, like a small gear like you know like a sturgeon setup or you know i think i think the pit perfect land base setup for it it would be some sort of 50 narrow you know lined with like a 100 pound braid or whatever for the rocks there and stuff like that but yeah, they fight, but I think it's just similar to like uh, Goliath grouper. It has this vertical effect. So how they work is they're flatfish. When you turn them like this and then you fight them straight up, they can like yeah. use that against you. But as soon as you start pulling this way, it doesn't like if they if they stay flat, they just slide. But if you if they stay like they turn up like they do, they still just like you just pull their head. So yeah, okay, that makes sense. Just, yeah, yeah, you were just cranking on these things, so. I'm thinking the best way you could do it is like Blaine said, like ratio your gear down, and we want to go back and do a more sporty trip. I guess mm-hmm. you just gotta we kind of bait, so you gotta factor in like you can't use too small of a reel, like sturgeon reel, without the capacity. Because if you take yeah. 200 yards and then you do hook a 150 pound helmet, because there were some the boats that were going out, they were laying weighing some up that were 150 200 pounds. So there's some giant giant ones out there. So. What are they eating? Like, what was the bait? Like, that's the other, that's the other thing. Like, especially, especially Spencer. Like, some of the places that he goes, I'm like, they're so obscure. And they're so in the middle of nowhere. I'm like, where's the bait coming from? Are you freezing bait and shipping that too? Like, like where, like where? Yeah, so we. What did they we eat? Dro- we yeah, drove cool. a lot of bait there in a big, like, Yeti-style cooler. Okay. Um, but the bait that we actually caught. Some of them were like you know, like tinker mac like the tinker mackerel or whatever or Sierra mackerel Sierra or whatever it's called and then um they they were also eating like some sort of local bait I don't know I don't remember what it was called but it was basically something you could just find frozen, like local a local frozen block of bait is what we're using sometimes the one I caught I caught on a different island when we went to go for salmon sharks on my shark rig I caught an eighty five pound halibut or so and I caught him on a octopus, octopus. tentacle which is weird. Oh, that is weird. Yeah, the other stuff that's up there that is interesting to me is those giant, is it lean cod? Some kind of cod? Lean yeah. Cod, yeah. We attempted. We tried. Yeah, we tried. I guess you just, I mean, you're dropping the bait out there and hoping to get lucky. That was, like, such a cool one. Like, that's one of those, like, bucket list fish, but I would have never thought of people doing it from land. It's like, I don't know. And then I'm like, where'd the kayak come from? Like yeah, is a ca- kayak it. rental services around there or like we drove it strapped to the yeah. roof. Yeah. Strapped so you're to up in Alaska. I would think that the locals, I always wonder like what the locals think when y'all like they were all crazy. A couple of Florida boys. We saw. <laughs> a couple of Florida boys roll up with a suntan and a kayak on top of their car. Like, well, these guys ain't catching shit. Like yeah, <laughs> they don't yeah, know what they're doing. Dude. <laughs> there was a couple guys just stopped by and asked what we were doing, and we were like, "Well, we're trying to catch land-based halibut," and they were like, "Huh? Good luck with that." Like literally, some lady was like, "Yeah, yeah good luck. You're not gonna catch anything." And then somebody came by and uh, was like, "We had caught like a thirty or forty pounder, like one of the ones that were like, in between the big one." 
And uh, he was like, I've never been here for, you know, coming here for, what, 30 years or 40 yeah. years, something like that. I've never seen anything like that in my entire life. And then we showed him the picture of Blaine's because we had already caught Blaine's 100-pound halibut. And he was just like, that's not real. You didn't do that. <laughs> he said, I've been coming here. I can't tell you how many years, 20, 30 years I've been coming here. And he was just like, that doesn't, no one's done that. And I was like, well, probably no one's tried. That's the only reason why. And that's what yeah. Spencer's great at is trying things that no one's ever thought of, just kind of yeah. looking into gaps. Freaking nuts. Well, like you're out there for days and days and days. The other thing I'm too, I'm wondering, or are you just like at the end of the session, the day, the days there are weird too. It's like, there's like no nighttime or like, I don't know when you were there. When huh. it, was, it never turned no dark. Like, yeah. where, like, where were you sleeping? Like, were you going back to like a hotel? Were you sleeping in the truck? Were you sleeping on a tent? Like, mm -hmm. I think, beach. yeah, I think a total of the two and a half weeks we were gone. We stayed in, a hotel one night. One night. Yeah. yeah. The rest were spent in the truck or, you know, just on the rock beaches. Yeah. Most of the time I was sleeping in the truck because you, it was a three person rotation. So you would drive, go to the back seat after you got done with your 10 hour shift and sleep. And then the passenger seat guy would help, help keep the driver awake. And then the driver back, passenger seat, driver, like do like this rotation. And then, yeah, the rock beaches out there were very, actually really comfortable. Comfy. Yeah. They were, you know, you get your, mummy bag or whatever and you you know you kind of make yourself a bed out of the rocks and it was it was what you bet it was better than sleeping good. on the beach here yeah i mean it, most of the time you're just like extremely exhausted anyway so it, it didn't matter where you were sleeping yeah. yeah oh i would think so and i'm like this is like the naive question but like is this bear country like you're sleeping on uh, in the ground yeah. uh, you know you're probably at some point you the smell of the fish and the cooler the bait like your bait and stuff so, floating around out there i mean yeah, was that a concern yeah. was it something you even encountered did you even see see these uh, things or was that a, even yeah, a realistic one threat black bear. Yeah. yeah one, one black, black bear, bear like on know. the ground Hell, like, you can see those close and personal yeah. the, the rest were just seen in the the truck you know driving on really driving through canada is when we saw most of the bear yeah yeah Spencer was like, I guess the the previous year he had gone he's he had a pretty close encounter with the grizzly and he was like I'm not gonna, you know, be pretty straight up. So we were pretty worried about bears. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. I was pretty I was pretty sketched out, but we made it I, out. I, I always wonder like the reality of those things because it's like, you know, when you flip the, the roles will get reversed quick as soon as people like hear you're from Florida. Like, aren't you yeah. worried about uh, aren't you worried about an alligator? And I'm like, yeah. hell no. I'm like, I'm not bothered by him. It's just like they're like <laughs> it's like seeing they a bird care. or it's like seeing a turtle. It's like it's oh, just a gator. Yeah, yeah. 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 But, you know, every now and then they surprise you. There was a guy <laughs> within the last week that in Port, uh, Port Charlotte, which is like right up above where I live, some dude, right. some dude got his arm ripped off by one. And the video oh, is out there. The video is out there and it is really bad. Like there's a video, oh, there's, a, there's a video of the guys pulling him out of the water and there's like a bone sticking out. Oh, and it was a pond behind a bar. So I think that what saved him might have been his like, uh, the state he was in because he yeah, wasn't he, 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 he all there. So <laughs> being hammered yeah, drunk really. probably saved him in some weird way, but it's a yeah. well, at it's least a, help the pain out a little bit. Yeah, wow. no, it's a pretty gnarly video. It's like, oh my gosh, whoa. That's like every now and then you need that reminder because I get stupid with those things. Like I get real dumb with the alligator. I just 
I just let my guard down. I forget how I forget what they can do. They usually just smoke in old ladies that are walking their dogs, like in the retirement <laughs> community though. So it's like, you have to remember what they can do. But every time I talk to the guys from like Canada and from, from, from Alaska, I'm always curious about like the bear encounters. This is, it's one of those animals. that's like interesting to me. I'm like, oh, man, it's like, I want to see one, but I'm not sure I want to see one. Yep, but, yeah. Um, yeah. Same page there. But anyway, um, you know, and I'm sure you're open enough to discuss this, but I'm like, I'm interested. Like I've watched the growth, you know, of what, what y'all built. And since 2021, I mean, that's rapid growth too. It's like, you've, you've done such a great job of like promoting the business. It seems like you're like always on it. Like I can tell y'all are working. Like it's not just some fun thing. Like you, I mean, I know it's fun, but it seems like if it seems like y'all are putting a lot of like effort into it, but I'm curious, like, where's this, where's this going? Is there like, trips on the horizon uh is there or is it just like are you just kind of like riding the tides on this thing or is there like a growth strategy in place you know i'm just curious like what's the end game here like where where are you going with it what's the next i say what's the next like big trip are there international things looming um in the next year or two yeah so yeah basically the direction everything we do is pretty intentional um it definitely has like a a date purpose there's a plan numbers everything to kind of go for and a, and a growth plan for sure i mean looking at the split uh, as far as the shark fishing side of things go um you know blaine's kind of managing that right now we've got some guys who work for us um and so that plans to grow into its own kind of like entity if that makes sense um we'll have guys. i want i want guys to have opportunities in fishing so create jobs in fishing where guys can make good money um, they get to do really cool things. They get to give people an awesome experience. Um, and then obviously it's going to help the, the business generate revenue as well. Um, that's kind of hoping in the next three or four years to be a self-sustaining type of wheel. Um, that way, you know, we we can focus on the travel and fishing side, which is what we really want to do. Um, we'll definitely run shark fishing trips. We have a plethora of past clients that we absolutely love we'll probably mm-hmm. never get away from some of those guys because we yeah it's it's like the it's like your og days you know where you came from we, we got a trip on saturday with a guy who's literally been booking with us since 2019 and uh we'll probably always run his him and his family we've watched his kids grow up now past three or four years now mm-hmm. and so um but then you know we've got the the youtube travel fishing side which is basically what we want to do um and that's the overall goal is is content creation make high quality content can can continually push the level um within ourselves to uh, you say you're the own, your own worst critic i cannot stand most of the videos we put out to be completely honest with you it drives me nuts i think the quality is super low um we only have so much we can do with the cameras we have we try to constantly step up the audio um the way we film the camera quality and then like the way we speak to the camera and the way the video flows and i'm constantly like i'm like a freaking madman with it um so we want to keep stepping that up. I think that opens a lot of doors and opportunities. We just had a couple um, opportunities that we just closed up this past week with different companies that we're collaborating with. Um, and what comes from those is is sometimes products and you know monetary opportunities, mm. but the bigger thing is the connection. Um, and so the connections that we get with going with these companies is the big thing. So we have some small, you know, we're going to come out of South Florida. We're going to do some sailfish in Wahoo. We got a guy who's going to take us out and do that kind of thing. Um, the, the guided trips are fun because they get to go down. You meet new people, you get to network, you get to make a video. But like we've yeah. kind of talked about, um, our bread and butter and kind of what was really like the biggest joy we can get is doing things on our own. Um, and so there'll be a lot of doing things on our own. So if you were to watch our channel for the next three or four years, um, you're going to see us 
do a lot of things at home. We're going to do travel trips where we go guide with people and do really cool things. Mm -hmm. um, and you have to give a lot of credit away. Um, you're going to see us still doing shark fishing, so we probably just won't leave shark fishing behind. Uh, there'll be times a year where we still enjoy catching giant fish and we can really get on those fish. Um, and then, yeah, things like probably our biggest nose right now for leaving the country is Australia, I would say. We've got like two two opportunities, one with like a person on uh, person on social media that we've gotten to know pretty well that's kind of invited us to this house. Um, and then we've had a couple, we have a couple like companies that we're trying to work around with um, that have facilitate and do facilitate anglers to go. They send them there with the product and then say, make content and then come back with yeah. the product. And so um, I think, I think it's sooner than we think. I feel like we're going to be in Australia in like two or three years, but we could very well be there nine months. Like, and it could, the, these things move really quick. Um, and so I, my biggest panic is not like getting to Australia. My biggest panic is when my phone rings and someone's like, Hey, we're sending you with an $8,000 voucher to pay for all this stuff and in turn you get us content are you ready like i gotta do i like you said biggest critic like that's like go time and so yeah. wherever they send us whatever we do whether it's gt offshore inshore um whether it's australia or not whether it's new zealand or south africa uh we gotta be ready on our end to be ready to deliver so that's what that's our project right now is we can stay and do slow pitch jigging and it's kind of like surface level learning um it's really fun but the whole time we're constantly on the back burners. We're turning content. I'm getting better at editing. Um, we're getting better at filming collectively and, and working with the camera. So we can eventually put out top professional quality. That's the idea. Well, what's awesome about like the potential of those trips is like land-based fishing. It, it's, it's, it's awesome because you can realistically go to these crazy places and, and still do like a self-guided trip you know what i mean yeah like you're, you're not gonna go to like interior africa or or into the, the amazon jungle and do a self-guided trip down the amazon river yeah. you can't you can't you just can't do it but like you could go like i'll tell you like as far as land-based fishing goes because it's an interest of mine it's something i like dabbling in uh yeah. but man like i look at a place like like south africa what is it the kzn coast kwazulu natal or, or however you pronounce it yeah there's that one coastline in south africa and you think about that geographic region everyone speaks english they sound australian down there it's really weird yeah, that um, but they have those fish down there that are so fascinating to me just like you know everybody's got their bucket list but one of them that's on mine is those like they're the giant guitar fish they call them sandies I'm yeah. like, those things are so awesome it's like they just go down there with spin gear. They got those weird surf casting setups down there where it's like a long handle, but the reels down there at the bottom. Yeah. Like, how yeah. does that work? How does that it's work? Why is, it, why is it like that? I don't understand it. But, you know, but at the same time, you can turn north and, and head like to the river that's like right there and be catching tiger fish in the rivers. There's hippos, rhinoceros. Like you're surrounded by the, the most pristine wilderness on the face of the earth. I'm like, that is the ultimate trip. And like, mate, well, you'd probably have to go with a guide to into those rivers. But from the beaches, you know, you can get, uh, I don't, you know, property to stay in or whatever, and then yeah. self self guided stuff down to the beach, and 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 it'll feel very much like fishing here at home. But um, yeah. it's crazy. And then like all that, like, all the land based stuff, so interesting to me. Like, the, I don't. There's that one guy, and I don't know if he's in Australia. His YouTube channel is like Cavi Fishing. I don't know if you've yeah. seen his stuff. Oh, He's my a, God. His channel is incredible. 
The places yeah. he fishes are mind blowing. I'm like, that guy is living the dream. He fishes the most remarkable places. And he's just on he's just on land. He's just like throwing yeah. poppers on these <laughs> these like isolated like islands and stuff. I'm like, that that's the stuff. Like, that's that's the dreams. It's something to work towards. Um, but man, like y- y'all's growth. I'll be I know I'll be watching. And, it, you know, when I look at the videos that you have and the energy and like the effort you put into it, it's like it's not you're not dreamers. You know what I mean? There's so many people out there that yeah they dream. It's like, well, man, these guys, they're they're going to they're going to pull they're going to pull this thing off like they're going to be doing it. Oh, for sure. So, yeah. So, so I know I'll be watching some of the views you get will be for me. But um, <laughs> I appreciate it. man. Yeah, dude. Um man i can't wait to see it. i that's that was the thing it's like i really want to know like y'all are already doing incredible stuff but i wanted to know like what the future held like what the bucket list stuff was so i think you kind of shed light on that am i missing anything like y'all have a lot going on and i want to dig into it all i want to make sure i'm not missing anything i want i want to do justice to it but it's like y'all have a pretty dynamic thing going on it's hard to cover it all but, um, yeah, no, I think everything's there, man. We're just trying to, like I said, we, there's the service side. We're trying to grow, grow the social media side, and then we're also Blaine and I are about to become uh, low professional t-shirt makers. So we're trying to do our own apparel, but we're trying yeah. to create a new business. We're trying to take over an existing business that we're going to try and run to um, on the side. That's going to be making shirts and all that comes with all these equipments and stuff so we're gonna drop a barrel but we're also gonna try to learn uh learn a new business so we can just in case fishing ever gets slow we have another business working too so just that's like another that's like another layer that you have to like have in your business to make it more official where it's like you know it's like now i have shirts yeah it's like your people then your people that are wearing it become almost like an extension of the marketing team they're walking around like oh yeah you know so it's uh it's awesome, we can man. open program. That's what we're gonna do is open yeah. a brand ambassador program and stuff like that. Yeah. So that'd it's, be cool. It, it's yeah, it's pretty cool to watch like the the game planning in effect. I like I've watched the growth. I'm like, these guys like they're doing it the right way. So but it's I know we keep I know we keep mentioning the YouTube, the uh the guide service, things like that, but you know, and yeah. I like to I like to always end it like this. People are like, okay, well, I, I want where are these videos at? A great conversation, but like, how do I see it? So, like, what's the YouTube channel, the Instagram, if there's more than one, <laughs> if, you have a, if you have a website, or if somebody's like, maybe somebody's like, oh, hell, I live right near where they're at. Maybe they want to do a trip. How could they, yeah. how could they reach you? All of these yeah. things. Everything, everything on social media is under Coastal Worldwide. So it's Coastal with a space, and then the worldwide is one word. Um, and then as far as the website goes, it's coastal-worldwide. Um, but you can find it on our Facebook. You can find it on our Instagram. It's linked in our bios and all that stuff. But it's coastal-worldwide.com. Yep. So all, all Coastal Worldwide, that's all it is, man. Awesome. Well, I'll try to throw all that stuff up, obviously, in the description scene because I want to send – you know, not that I have this I massive. It. Not that I have this massive audience. Nah, yet. man, let's go, like, dude. We've been watching. We've you been might watching. get what you might get one or two clicks off of this. <laughs> hey, every, that's more than none, man. Every little bit counts. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, but but man, uh, well, listen. If y'all get to a point where you plan a South Africa trip, and you need <laughs> you need some extra hands, I'm making my first international trip this year. So I like I feel like my journey into leaving the 
borders is is beginning. Solid, dude. If if you need an extra guy to come grind with you, give me a call. You're in. If y'all go to if y'all go to that place, let me know because like that's one of my dream ones. It's like I, it's like you know you can't go there by yourself. It's like yeah. I, 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 you yeah. gotta have you gotta you have go by yourself, uh, you gotta have somebody that that brings some some attributes and bring some can assets. And some, yeah. Some, somebody can that help. can help somebody yeah. that can help. So anyway, um, Dylan Blaine, I really appreciate getting y'all on here. Uh, Thanks, thank you. Been a great conversation and y'all keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. We'll I mean, keep it's, it's, it, man. You too. it's awesome, dude, but all right, man. Well, I'll be catching y'all later and we'll be in touch. All right. Sounds good, brother. Appreciate you, man. All right. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to Boundless Pursuit. Tune in each week as we bring stories and insight from uniquely talented anglers and outdoorsmen. And if you enjoyed this show, I want to hear from you. Be sure to leave a five-star review as this is going to drive the growth and exposure of this show. And if you have feedback or guest suggestions, I would love to hear from you. And you can reach me at boundlesspursuitfishing at gmail.com. For all other collections of media and contact information, please visit www.boundless-pursuit.com.